Baker Mayfield unhappy in Cleveland for finalists to trade for Deshaun Watson, the Browns being one of those, and the NFL releasing its compensatory selections for the 2022 draft, all coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you once again at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we didn't have a Twitter Tuesday this week, Matt, so maybe we might have to filter in some listener questions. So feel free out there, folks, to hit us on those Twitter handles. And uh, I'm sure there are a lot more questions now after we've started to see how some of these teams are maneuvering and still some maneuvering to go. We're about... What about four hours before the official new league year begins and teams have to get under the salary cap? So we're seeing a lot of restructures and things like that this morning. So everyone can be in line and, and start signing the those deals that have been agreed upon in that legal tampering period, Matt. Before we get into some of the favorite signings and, and rumored signings that we have heard around the league, there's big stuff going on with the quarterback still. And none of this yeah, is going yeah. to be figured out until that one big domino of Deshaun Watson falls and it feels like it's the next to fall but now what's going on in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield Matt uh, this situation just gets more bizarre every single day yeah I don't know what to make of it I mean it sure feels like Baker's feelings are hurt or he knows that he is not going to be the quarterback next year you know Case Keenum's no longer in the equation too so I mean is there a massive you know Watson size shoe to drop I mean possibly they certainly could draft one in the first round. I mean, a lot of people just assumed they would take a receiver or an edge rusher, but now Amari Cooper signed. They could do some more free agency stuff. They're right in a prime position to get a, a picket or whomever. I mean, maybe that's the call. I, I, I don't know. I mean, real quick, I mean, what's really unique to me, and I always bring this up with the Browns, and they just released Austin Hooper, so that helps a little bit, and released Jarvis Landry. But if you look at every one of their starters on offense, they're all making big money. I mean, every one of them, including Kareem Hunt off the bench. Like, do they look at this thing and be like, we can't keep this formula up with a quarterback on his second contract? You know, I mean, we'd have to cut Batonio and, you know, down the list, you know. So I'm wondering if it has something to do with all the money they've spent on offense, too. And Cleveland squarely in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes yeah, right. right now. There are four teams, and according to Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero today, the Falcons will meet with Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson today. Uh, the fourth such meeting, and that includes the Falcons now along with the Saints, Panthers, and Browns. I have a feeling the Falcons are just trying to drive the price up or or at least be like, look, if you guys are going to go get Deshaun Watson, at least we're going to check in on this, and I don't want him to go in our division with the Saints and the Panthers already you know, heavily involved and I think potentially even favored for this. But um, would Baker Mayfield go in that deal? It sounds like the, the Browns would be willing to trade Baker Mayfield separately and it's possible that the the Browns could end up sending away Baker Mayfield to another team, and maybe it's even one of these other teams, or Seattle Seahawks could be in the mix, or the the Indianapolis Colts, and, and the Texans won't trade Watson to the Colts, and Watson apparently has said no already to the Seahawks, which is why we're down to these four teams. Maybe Baker Mayfield goes somewhere, and the Browns don't get Watson, and they don't have either one. 
then what do they do? I mean, then then is that yeah. the Jimmy G landing spot? Um, he, Winston. The, the offense makes sense. You know, he's part of that same coaching tree, and so that could fit in nicely. Then there's Winston. If Watson goes to the Saints, uh, Mariota's still out there. He's rumored to maybe be the option for the Indianapolis Colts right now, but the fact that that hasn't happened made me think, made me think that there's still something going on maybe with Jimmy G there. So uh, there's still a lot to figure out here as the new league year begins. Without question. And again, every day I get a new kind of view from this thing. And it's really fun. And we almost talk about it every day, which I've really enjoyed. And who would want, I mean, I think you need Godfather. You know, think as those around you think. Who would have interest in Mayfield? I can come up with three teams. And you mentioned two of them. Seattle, Indianapolis, maybe New Orleans. You know, if New yeah. Orleans thinks that they're still a competitive team, they prefer them to Winston or going with a draft pick but they'd have to pay him. You know, if I'm Houston, I don't want Mayfield. I really don't want Jimmy. You know, I, I want, I'm rolling with Mills for now. And, and that's the interesting part of the equation, which, you know, we can talk about too, is if I'm the GM of Houston, if I'm looking at this whole thing through their eyes, of course we want as many teams mentioned as possible. And I believe that they've been mentioned. They've named like 12 teams in this whole thing, you know, and, I don't believe half of those teams really were, quote, in it. But if I'm going to make a deal with the Browns, let's just, what, what do we think it is? Browns, Atlanta, Carolina, or the Saints you think are in it too still? For Watson? Yeah. I would rank them. I still think Panthers is the one that makes the most sense. Uh, it I think sounds Atlanta, like the Browns are motivated and they have a little higher pick than the Saints in the first round this year and what they could get for Baker Mayfield. And, and maybe uh, Houston even likes Baker Mayfield as part of the deal. So maybe Brown's jumping into the second spot here, then Saints, then Falcons. I, I just don't think the Falcons one is realistic. I think they're just really screwing with the, the other teams in their division. So, okay. So I'm Houston once again, and I'm having conversations. And I'm going to steal this from you because you mentioned it to me before the, the show that in order for Watson to, quote, meet with a team, and, you know, that's what he's been doing yesterday, today, tomorrow, whatever, said team has to offer some sort of uh, trade offer to the Texans, right? Isn't that how you heard it? Yeah, so the, it, apparently, uh, and multiple people have reported this now, uh, I'm getting this article from Pro Football Talk that breaks it all down. Basically, the Texans didn't allow Watson to meet with teams until Texans already approved the trade proposals from those interested teams. So in theory, those yeah. four teams already have a deal in place that the Texans like, and now it's up to Watson just to decide which one of those teams he's cool with, and the deal's done. So it could happen instantly. So that's where I have an issue, though, is, again, I'm, the G I'm in charge of Houston side of this thing, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. What could... Carolina, Cleveland, the Saints, and Atlanta possibly give me that I think is worth it. I mean, obviously, all those teams' first-round pick has to be involved. Carolina picks at six, Atlanta at eight, um, Cleveland at 13, and the Saints at 18. So, obviously, I'd rather talk to Carolina or Atlanta than New Orleans, from just from that perspective. But I assume next year's first is also in play for all those teams. But I don't know that Carolina or Atlanta all of a sudden becomes a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they would. But presumably next year's first is going to be better than this year's first if Deshaun Watson's your quarterback. So that's not enough for many of these teams just to give me this year's first and next year's first. Seconds are fine. 
But I want young players. And I'm looking at these teams like, hey, I don't really want Kareem Hunt on his second contract. All respect to Kareem Hunt. I don't want Christian McCaffrey on a massive deal because the time I'm good, he's going to be worthless. Like, don't offer me these these running backs. What else do you have that I want? You know, like Cleveland to me, I mean, are they going to give him Newsom and Owosu Koromora and an offensive lineman? You know, are you going to give him Kyle Pitts? I mean, these are the names yeah, I want to hear if I'm Houston. Is the Saints, do they have any young guys? I don't want Kamara. I don't want Michael Thomas. You know, I mean, they're not going to trade me Ramchek. I, I don't want Cam Jordan. You know, like the Browns in particular, too. Like, who do I want from these teams? Carolina, do I want – I'll take Brian Burns off your hands. I'll take DJ Moore. But then Carolina's got nothing. Like, I, I don't quite understand what comes back to Houston to make this worth it. From what I understand, McCaffrey has been in a rumored offer for Watson. I don't know if that's part of the accepted offer. But the pre-acceptance of an offer is interesting because that would make, make sense that um, – that the, the Falcons are still involved because they would have had to be serious enough to make an offer. And yeah, yeah. if that's the case, they would have to do a ton with, you know, figuring out cap stuff and you'd have to send, you know, Matt Ryan somewhere. Um, and like I could see, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I could see three-way deals now, you know, like, okay, I'm Houston. I don't really want McCaffrey, but I'll take him because I know I'm sending him to Seattle. Yeah. You know, flip like, him somewhere. Right. I never even own him or, Matt Ryan's part of the deal, and somehow he ends up in Cleveland or Seattle or whatever, and he never even flies to Houston. Yeah, if I'm Houston, I'm asking for Brian Burns, not Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, exactly, exactly, right. And then if you're chin, and if you're giving you know? up these play, yeah, chin. And if you're giving up these players, then you know your your team's not going to be as good around Deshaun Watson. But your team's not going to be good around Deshaun Watson if he's suspended anyway. So this is much more a move for beyond 2022 for a lot of these teams as well that's a good so, way to look at it actually yeah um it, i mean he's probably gonna get some sort of suspension right so minimum you throw six, him on atlanta yeah. or carolina they're not winning the super bowl especially if their star is suspended for four to 17 games yeah i, I, w- I would be shocked if he's not suspended for at least six games and, and i think teams have to at least prepare for that and who knows maybe all year so um and, and by the way as far as what that that uh that ask has been by the Texans, according to Josina Anderson, it hasn't changed. She says, I'm told tonight, this was last night, um, on Tuesday night, that the compensation ask for Deshaun Watson trade has not varied. Even with recent developments, the Texans are still seeking five to six premium assets to consummate a deal. So we're talking three first-round picks and a few players and a second-round pick yeah, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So, um, like least... Second-rounders are better. Like When you say premium asset... I'm not sure a second rounder even qualifies, but maybe that's you know the fifth and sixth asset. Right. So maybe maybe it's two firsts, two seconds, two good young players. Does that get you to five or six? It's three firsts, two seconds, and a player, something like that. It, it sounds like what the ask is and what they're actually going to get if there's that many teams that are interested. And it's it's easy to forget that Deshaun Watson would have been just the the best possible quarterback that a team could have traded for with his age and how he had played last year before all this stuff went down, right? Like, we hadn't seen someone like Deshaun Watson get traded really ever in the NFL, entering his prime at, at that level, right? So this is a unique situation, and, and teams know how good he is, and they're willing to go, you know, to um, look past all the rest of it 
and it's clear that at least three or four teams are willing to do that and, and are willing to give up what the Texans have asked for, which is five to six premium assets. So, uh, And they've remained firm in that. So good on the Texans if they end up getting what they would have gotten last January, which is kind of wild. I think you laid that out well. And as you were saying that, I'm sitting here thinking the Browns and Saints are more similar to me in that if you threw Watson on that team and didn't have to give anything up, I think they're big-time contenders. Yes. We know that's not how the world works. But Atlanta and Carolina could really punt the season away and begin next offseason more or less building their Watson team for the next decade. Yeah, and then even if you look ahead to... You know what, we, let, let's, let's continue this conversation uh, okay. after the break here because uh, we've... We've got a ton of stuff to to cover here, and uh, I want to let the folks out there know about Built Bar, which is a high-in-protein, low-sugar, low-calorie treat that you can feel good about eating. Uh, Built Bars are delicious. They have, have you tried Built Bar Puffs, by the way? The first ever marshmallow-infused yeah. protein bar. It's pretty darn amazing what's going on with uh, the, the scientists that are behind Built Bars, and they're all wrapped in 100% real and delicious chocolate, which is really the key when I eat a Built Bar. You don't feel like you're missing out on anything because of that chocolate and because of how good everything is on the inside. It's not this chalky protein bar that you might be used to eating. I mean, this is a soft and delicious uh, interior with an exterior that is uh, covered in 100% chocolate. So you, you don't feel like you're missing out. You don't feel like you're grabbing something that you are going to regret eating. You're like, oh, this is some crappy diet food. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So you feel satisfied as well. Not only Built Bar Puffs, there's the, the new seasonal shamrock flavor of Built Bars. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again, everyone, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. And man, there are so many stories, even in the offseason in the NFL. And it's, of course, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this podcast is. Matt, you mentioned something there with the, with the Panthers. And I think it's clearly more about the long term as it pertains to Deshaun Watson because of a potential suspension and what you have to give up to get this player. So if you're the Panthers, though, and Watson's Watson is and I, I would think the Panthers have a leg up of what they can offer because and we talked about this with the the Steelers when we were talking about what they could give up versus what the Broncos could give up at pick nine versus pick 20. And, you know, Pick 20 plus next year's first might be only what pick nine is worth by itself. Yeah. Right, and right. and I think the Panthers have that leg up because they're picking sixth overall. They can offer some players a value that won't really crush them if they can hold on to Brian Burns and they can send the first this year. Some other picks, you've got DJ Moore, you've got some other receivers. If you don't dig too deep into that, the second half of the year with Deshaun Watson, Panthers throwing to Robbie Anderson and throwing to Terrace Marshall, who they drafted last year, and DJ Moore. And when you've got an up-and-coming defense with Chin, and, you know, Chin might be part of the deal too, but Brian Burns, I, I feel right, like that's right, a right, team right. that could, it makes a lot of sense long-term. It makes some sense short-term. They're the most um, up-against-it, I think, coaching staff as it 
in getting a quarterback? Do they have time to go draft and develop a quarterback? I feel like they have the leg up because of what they can offer in trade. Uh, how impactful a quarterback would be to them. I don't know. It just feels so much like the Panthers make the most sense because Watson doesn't even really help the Browns or the Saints win now, and those teams are more built to win maybe this year with those defenses, and who knows what those rosters will look like in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, and I've sort of thought this for a while now. I've mentioned it here and there on the podcast that I I still think Carolina is where he ends up. The Clemson connection, as I say, the, the Panthers – Love bright, new, shiny things. Oh, he's available. I want him. You know, like they're very reactive yes. as a front office. You know, oh, we can get him. Okay, let's do it. You know, like I was equated to my kitten, you know, that sees a little shiny thing and just forgets <laughs> everything else going on. Um, and you're right. You know, the Panthers plus Watson, and I know, quote, running backs don't matter, but I don't want McCaffrey. So if McCaffrey's on the team and I have an offense with DJ Moore, McCaffrey, and Watson, I'm going to be competitive when the three of them are on the field. You know what I mean? Like, and mix in some of those others. I don't know if this helps Matt Rule's life. I mean, he might get canned either way. I mean, he's probably like, I'd rather go in with Watson now than develop Malik Willis for the next coach. That's the thing, though, with but, the Panthers, because if Watson only misses six games, you might be able to see that at the end of the year, which is right, enough to right, save right. and be like, okay, this is what we're doing going forward. Now we're rolling in. And, and quarterback, really. And look, they... They had a pretty big rebuild there. Um, they've had to build everything on defense. They famously drafted all defense with every single pick in the first draft there, which I actually liked from mm -hmm. uh, from them. Uh, but the, the really questionable moves have been made at quarterback, and quarterback clearly held them back last year. So I think if you view any team with with like, oh, man, the quarterback is, is the, the big key there, it's, it's definitely the Panthers. Agreed. Um, so... Again, you know, and, and in the NFC, not that that makes you a Super Bowl contender, they could win five of their last seven with Watson and McCaffrey and those guys and sneak in the wild card and gain all this momentum and look out for the Panthers next year. And so if I'm Carolina, let's say I offer you this. I'll give you this year's first, which, as you mentioned, is the earliest one you could probably get your hands on. Next year's first, which probably isn't going to be 32 and also could be you know, 15-ish, something like that. I mean, I don't think Carolina's going to be a powerhouse, but they could get better, as we just mentioned. I'll give you J.C. Horn and Chin, but you have to take Sam Darnold, too, to get his cap hit off my oh. book so I can use that to get something else. Interesting. Horn definitely moves the needle. Yeah, I think Chin does, too. And I know Chin. he's a safety, but he's first contract guy that costs nothing that's a good player. Yeah, Justin Reed just left the Texans. Yeah, but you got to take Darnold and you know eat his contract kind of in a Goff Osweiler like way. So I have some cap space to go get something else between now and the start of the season. That's totally acceptable. You know, you have a backup player yeah. for Mills, and maybe if Mills falls flat on his face, who knows? Maybe even uh, Darnold plays okay, and you could yeah uh, uh, salvage. And you get him off the of books that. a year from now if you're Houston. I mean, right. you eat and one bad year, and you, then you know. You, Texans have plenty of cap. You know, they're not going to go out and sign uh, Tron Armstead right, right now right. or anything like that uh, or, you know, uh, Von Miller or somebody. So they, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the they can utilize that as a chip actually to get more in trade by taking oh, on yeah. that salary because they absolutely can fit it in. Right, like right, right. Yeah. I'll take Darnold. Like, that's what I think what happened in the Goff-Stafford deal. Like, everyone talking about what quarterbacks would cost compared to the Stafford trade, I'm like, you can't because – the Rams gave up more to get rid of Goff 
And I think that's how the Panthers would have to handle this too is, yeah, what we didn't want to give you chin, but we'll take him if you take Darnold, you know. Mm-hmm. And in in a lot of ways, it makes even more sense for that incumbent quarterback to be part of the deal than it does even Mayfield going to uh, to the Texans because the Browns would look at Mayfield as an asset that that the Texans would be paying for in a way. Versus, I don't think Houston would. And right, which which uh, makes that deal worse. So uh, to me, yeah, right, Cle- right, right. Cleveland would send Mayfield somewhere else, and they might do that anyway. Same with Matt Ryan, like yeah. You're not doing me a right. favor giving me Matt Ryan. <laughs> exactly. I'll exactly. just have to trade him again. You know? I mean, and a team that gets Matt Ryan is taking on uh, the cap hits involved in Matt Ryan, which is the the whole point of why I don't think the Falcons really are going to do this thing because they would have to get rid of so many players and you have to, you know, get rid of Grady Jarrett and you have to you have to create so much space just for the cap hit that is coming with Matt Ryan. And the team taking on Matt Ryan has to take on a ton of salary, but there is uh I believe it's a $7 million roster bonus on the third day of the league year. So if Ryan is going to be involved in something, it's got to happen in the next few days. Yeah, good point, good point. I mean, again, I think Carolina's the best landing spot, and Houston's doing a great marketing job of making the Panthers think all these other teams are really in it. Yes. But if I'm talking to Atlanta, like, I'm opening with Kyle Pitts in your first. And that's the, yeah, see, that's... That's rough, man. That's the only good players you have left. Right, I don't want anybody else. The Falcons, I mean, I'll take will, the Falcons will have to restructure a bunch of guys. They'll have to probably get rid of a vet, bunch of veteran players and send the only good young players they have as part of the deal. You would have Deshaun yeah, Watson have and nothing either. else and no picks to build around. So I don't know if Watson would even want that. It would be horrible. Right. <laughs> so from so here's the other thing. So if it's if all this reporting is true, last thing, Matt Williamson, you put your, you're the agent of Deshaun Watson. Which spot is the best for him? Best for him. If if all four teams are offering deals that you find exactly the same value wise, like I like all these offers the same, doesn't matter there. And you're advising Deshaun Watson, which landing spot is the best for Deshaun Watson in his future? Which I team? would say New Orleans. Like, mm. just because I trust the organization, I would I would absolutely yeah. say New Orleans if it was Peyton still there, you know, but. It's still close enough. It's the facsimile of, and, you know, there's a lot of winners on that team. Brady, I would assume, can't last forever. The Saints with Watson might own that division for the next decade. You know what I mean? Like, Cleveland's similar, but the NFC North or AFC North is so much harder. And the winning tradition in New Orleans trumps the not winning tradition in Cleveland. You know, I mean, Carolina sounds fun. That's I'm going home. You know, I'll be the the biggest star in town, and that's not horrible. But if I want to win Super Bowls, I think my pick is New Orleans. If I'm Watson, yeah, I can't argue with that. And there's something about Cleveland. For how many years they were just a wasteland, they finally get a quarterback that seems like he might be pretty good, and they can't get that right either. And now he's mad. And there's something about Cleveland. I just, I, I, it's it's a, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty darn amazing. Should have promoted that Williamson guy like 20 years ago. And <laughs> Seriously, <been> better <laughs> oh, dude, you could have promoted just about anybody, and uh, including Matt Williamson, worse. and you'd have been a lot better off for the last 15 to 20 years. That's for sure. <laughs> You're right. There's been two or three times in that his, in that team's history. Remember, like when they they lost to the Steelers here in that playoff game with Kelly Holcomb. Like they were starting to kind of turn the corner. Even when Belichick got fired, they were starting to turn the corner. Mm. 
looked like this past year. I mean, one year ago, everyone on the planet's like, well, I'm picking the Browns to win the division. They're the hot team. They might be the, I'm putting Bunny down as a Super Bowl. They didn't handle that well, you know? So and now they're in kind of a rough spot. But they're also, I mean, they could be good this year. But they don't know who's the quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's, yeah, it's the team with the the most options at quarterback now. All of a sudden, and that was the one team we weren't really sure that they would do anything this offseason, even though there was some smoke about Baker Mayfield potentially moving off from them. And I think it almost has to happen now. So yeah. anyway, uh, a lot more to come. Okay, with- I, I didn't plan on talking quarterbacks for half an hour, but <laughs> if I were the Browns and I said, "Hey, Seattle, take Baker Mayfield off my hands for a fifth. They might say yes, you know, just oh, get they him would out of the building. To. What, is, what else is Seattle going to do right now? Right. I mean, and here's the thing. And, you know. I, I think a smart team would go get Baker Mayfield. Get a pissed off, angry Baker Mayfield for a year. You could flip him for more, I'm sure, or have a quarterback that you want to build a long-term relationship with uh, after this year, right? Uh, even yeah. if it's you flip him at the trade. New Orleans or Indy or Seattle or, you know. Yeah, franchise him again, even if you, you know, like do whatever. Uh, he's on his fifth year option this year, right? So he'll be a free agent. So franchise him, you know, that'll, that'll be a cheap number. If he's a, a really good quarterback, maybe you could get even more out of him, even if you don't want to keep him around. So, um, and at a minimum, if, if I, I trade him to Seattle for a fifth round pick or whatever, fourth, Seattle uses him for a year, let him hit the market. Somebody gives him big money. You get a comp pick back for him. Yeah, you maybe know you get I mean? a third round comp. Exactly. That's right. You know, rent him for a year while you stink and develop somebody. But here was where I was going with that is, okay, let's say Cleveland does that and Baker's unhappy and he has to leave. Then I might go get Jimmy. I mean, is Cleveland a contender with Jimmy? Jimmy and Cleveland makes sense because he should be able to hit the the ground running. You play some defense, you run the ball, play action. Uh, He knows the terminology. You know, it's a a really good fit for him offensively, what he's already done. Absolutely. Yeah. you, You could win a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think. Right. Like for them, I'd rather have Jimmy than Winston or, you know, some of those type of guys yeah, or maybe, a pick. Maybe it makes the most sense, actually. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. The more we talk through it. You're definitely going to be better than uh, the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky, right? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, you mentioned comp picks there. Let's talk about comp picks next and some uh, late breaking okay. deals that are happening around the NFL. There are clearly some teams, Matt, that play the comp game better than a lot of others, and there's so much made about the the Stars and Scrubs roster that the Rams have built and not having first-round picks since 2016. But you know what they have done is played the comp game and added a lot of later-round picks, and they've picked a lot of players, and they've done it again this year. The NFL announced the uh, all the compensatory selections. So there's usually 32 compensatory selections. It, it essentially adds one round to every draft and in total selections, but there's some special comp picks as well and some minority coaching hires and some extra picks. So there's actually 39 extra picks in this year's draft, and it looks like the Rams and the 49ers have the most of those comp picks. Yeah, and I really am – it's kind of one of my new you know hobbies or things I pay more attention to more than ever, and, and maybe people remember the rant I went on with the Rams of uh, the Rams don't value draft picks. No, they value players more than first-round picks, but they ha- always make a ton of picks because they own the comp pick game. They got a good a good haul again this year. I mean, they did really well with the comp picks this year, including a third-rounder. They're one of, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that got a third-round pick. That's the best you can do. For example, I'm sitting here looking at Baltimore's draft class. They're, they're the, the masters of comp picks since I, before I knew what a comp pick was. They now have two third-round picks, 
and four fourth round picks. You know, like if you're going to bring in six third and fourth round picks any given year, you're going to hit on one of them or two of them as a good starter, another two of them that are quality players, one of them will be a bust, and, you know, whatever else. You know, like that's awesome. I mean, that's cheap labor in mid round capital that some of these teams are really getting a lot of right now. And uh, I think it's something that the average fan just doesn't pay enough attention to, especially as it correlates to this past week with letting free agents go. And folks, when you lose a free agent from your favorite team, you want him to go to his new team and play every snap and play well. You know who doesn't like the comp pick game? The Jacksonville Jaguars. They haven't had They're a comp horrible pick. They're horrible I think I saw that they haven't had a comp pick in 12 years. That's remarkable. 12 straight years. And they have the first because pick. Because they trade their guys before they, for crappy picks before yeah. they can even let them hit the market. And, and they haven't drafted and developed well enough for those players they did draft to go leave and get those second contracts somewhere else. Nobody wants their guys. Right. Unless it's Jalen Ramsey, you know. And and signing too many free agents, so that's part of the comp well, equation. Because if right? you lose five guys and you sign five guys, then you don't have any left over and you don't have a surplus of, or, or um, uh the opposite of a surplus, which I'm blanking on what that word is, but uh, and and also shortage. this year shortage. Yeah, you don't have a shortage in, in, right, in right. coming out going free agents. Um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who pick first in every round, they pick first in the fourth round. Now instead of having pick 97, there's nine comp picks that got slapped at the end of the third round, so they're picking all the way at pick 106 now with that first selection of round four. And um, yeah, the 49ers have been really good at the comp pick game. They earned a couple of third round picks this year for minority coach hires and a GM hire as well. So they've got They've had comp picks coming for the for three years straight now. There's they're, they're Robert awesome. Sala, uh, Martin Mayhew, GM signed with the or hired, got hired last year to uh, the Washington Commanders, and then now Mike McDaniel in Miami. So the 49ers got two third rounders, two sixths, and and a seventh. Uh, one of those third rounders, though, number one hundred two, is going to Miami as part of the deal when the Niners traded up to number three overall last year. So they're only going to end up spending number 105, which is the last pick in round three, and Miami's getting number 102 from the 49ers. Okay. A little comp pick here news. Check my timeline, or check check Adam Schefter's timeline. I just retweeted what he put out there. But it not only – I, I did two different tweets that he put out, one of which was all the comp picks every team's gaining. But the one I was more interested in, because it's easy to forget what happened one year ago, is why these teams are getting them, the gained and lost. So – Again, I keep referencing the Rams of being so smart with this. The Rams, if you recall, they lost Samson Ebicom, Gerald Everett, Morgan Fox, Troy Hill, and John Johnson. They gained nobody. So they got a ton of comp picks. And John Johnson, a couple of those guys are good players, but they went on to win the Super Bowl. You know, like you can live yeah. without some of those guys. And, and, and that's where I think, and I think the, the team across town, the Chargers, are looking at the Rams and thinking, you know what? Yeah. I think maybe teams are starting to overvalue draft picks in some ways and overvalue some salary cap stuff. Maybe we should just start going all in because you know what? It can pay off. And if, you know, losing some mid-level free agents that walk and getting comp picks back, I mean, that is just gaming the system. And the Patriots, that, one of the striking things about this is the Patriots aren't on this list of comp picks and they've been really good at this for so long. But last offseason, remember, they signed a bunch of guys. And I don't think it was a great move on their part. I, I would no. rather have third-round comps right now if I'm the Patriots than probably any of the four tight ends and wide receivers they signed in free agency. 
Right, and all that cap space, by the way. You know, I mean, right. go get a big ticket item or keep your own. Keep J.C. Jackson. Own. By the way, the Patriots are going to have a third-round right. comp next year because of J.C. Jackson signing with the Chargers. Yeah, or you would have kept Jackson if you didn't make all those moves and, you know, you have a better corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, Jacksonville's nowhere to be found on this list because they always buy more than they let walk, you know, and I, I love the reference of Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, the only thing they brought in that counted against the cop picks was Sammy Watkins, which had very little influence at all. And they let Judon and the Dockway go, and boom, here's a bunch of comp picks for you. You know, yeah, those are good players, but y- y- they couldn't fit them under the cap, and so they get rewarded. I-, I-, I don't know. I think it's, I don't want to say it's a loophole in the system, but it's something that teams, smart teams, are really taking advantage of right now. Because if you give me third and fourth round picks, extra ones, man, that's gold. Absolutely. And there's when you're the Rams, they've traded for a lot of their top players. So they, that doesn't, doesn't count, against, count against the, the formula of free agents in going and outgoing. So it's not like they're signing guys in, in ruining their opportunity to get the comp picks. And you, you used to not be able to trade comp picks. Now you can trade those. So the Rams can start flipping those comp thirds and keep trading for guys if they want to. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It used to make me crazy that you couldn't trade them. I'm like, why are these picks special than the right. others? I mean, and, let's and, just make more things happen. And <laughs> yeah. again, I mean, here's a lot of guys, as you opened the show with, are getting cut right now, too, to get under the cap. For for example, Ryan Nassib just got cut by the Raiders. Well, if your favorite team picks him up, that doesn't hurt your comp pick. So give me all the dudes that get cut left and right. Yeah. I mean, the Rams do that all the time. The Ravens do that all the time. And because they're always conscious of the comp pick game. Yeah, Zadarius Smith's a big one. If you're looking for yeah, uh, a cool. big ticket edge rusher. Zedaria Smith doesn't count against the the comp pick formula like someone like Von Miller or Chandler Jones or mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney. Right. Right. So, uh, Use by the that way, stuff to your advantage. Right? Speaking of the Rams, letting people walk, uh, the, and the Jacksonville Jaguars signing players. Here we go again. This is uh, this is perfect. Uh, Darius Williams is now leaving the Rams. Right. He will sign a free agent contract, three years, thirty million dollars with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and actually just this deal alone I actually kind of like for the Jaguars we we blasted them yesterday for some of the moves they made and I think they spent some bad money but this is a starting caliber corner 10 mil a year with some of the numbers we've seen from some of the other corners around the league um, I don't think this is a terrible deal deal for them but team building aspect of it I just still don't know what they're doing at cornerback because there was the whole CJ Henderson thing last year they they signed a corner last year right a uh, big money player uh, and then drafted Tyson Campbell at the top of the second Tyson round. Tyson Campbell at 33 overall. Yeah. How yeah. many corners are you going to play? Are you going to move on from another one of those guys? Are you going to trade Campbell now this year? Like, what's, what, do, what exactly are you building there in the secondary? It's a little strange. It's very strange. I mean, again, they're, they just throw money at problems. And I, I'm not fighting with you on Williams. It's a fine move. He'd help any team. He's a number two corner. But again, you probably have had the answers in-house in, Hand- in Henderson and Campbell and certainly Ramsey back when, that you're always like throwing money at bad problems as opposed to having a plan, you know? And and 10 mil a year, and this is where I, I don't like the aspect of free agency when teams are throwing big money at the middle of their roster. Yeah, it gets, right, right, right. You get For bloated in the middle, and that, you're not yeah. really – are you making a huge difference? Like, Is he better than Tyson? Let Tyson Campbell play. Like, What are you doing signing a starting caliber corner when you already have two – you have you draft a guy in the second round, and you already paid another guy to be a starter. So that's $10 million per year that should be unnecessary as far as, as, far as your team-building formula 
goes. So that's that's where I have the question, not so much about Darius Williams, the player, just the, the team building aspect of what the heck are the Jaguars doing? I, I don't really I, I see a lot of um, I see a lot of bodies, but I don't see a team. Yeah, good point. It's probably a bigger conversation for July or whatever. Right. And we don't have time to get yeah. into that anyway. I mean, having an expensive middle class, though, is bad business in the NFL. James Bradbury might be on the move, speaking of cornerbacks, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. And when you consider his $13.5 million with what some other corners are getting, it's probably not a bad deal if you trade for Bradbury rather than locking yourself into a long-term deal with, say, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I think there'll be suitors for him, and I think that makes a ton of sense. I wonder if the Giants have fallen in love with Singletary or more likely, you know, Sauce Gardner with one of their two first-round picks and just going to flop them out and get younger. I mean, I think that would make a lot of sense from them. Pick up a pick in the meantime. Now, I think I can come up with a lot of landing spots for Bradbury. Um, along those lines, though, and back to J.C. Jackson, I, I know we're up against it, but I thought corners would get paid more than they did this year. J.C. Jackson, the number that came through was like, oh, that's somewhat reasonable, especially for the top corner, you know, the the guy that's going to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, top guy in the market. And so we'll see. Gilmore hasn't signed yet. We'll see what that number looks like. But, you know, he's 32 years old. I think it'll be a, a shorter term deal, and it might not be all that much money, which is why he's probably not jumping at any of those deals yet. Very interesting. Uh, the Cleveland Browns signed Jakeem Grant. He's going to p- pair up there as a kick returner, maybe uh, get some use on offense with, by the way, what is <laughs> what is Mari Cooper thinking right now about what team he got traded to? <laughs> right, right. Like, well, this looks good, but now the quarterback is doing weird tweets and what's out. Uh, okay, great. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll get some more clarity on what's going on with the Cleveland Browns, what's going on with uh, a bunch of teams around the NFL and when Deshaun Watson makes some decisions, when the Texans make some decisions, then I think a lot of that will start to get a lot more clear. And of course, we'll have it all covered for you right here. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty Football. I'm doing Locked On 49ers. Your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. No matter the sport, Locked On NFL Draft as well, covering the draft every day as Matt and I will start to get back into after this free agency frenzy is over and we'll be back tomorrow right here peacock and williamson